0: In the name of God, creator, redeemer, and giver of all life. Amen. I really, really love this feast day. It's one of my faves. The feast of Christ, the universal king, or the feast of the lordship of Jesus. It's a feast day that asks us to focus on the fact that God, our God, is an awesome vast, transcendent God. Now today, the language of lordship, of kingship, is challenging to many with its connotations of power and of control. And we react that way because we know all too well the damage, the injustices, the tyranny that have been caused by the exercise of such power throughout human history. So it's important for us to remember as we consider this feast that this feast day is not a standalone celebration of the transcendent power and might of the creator of the universe. The Christian conception of the nature of God is not one that is transcendent or imminent. But we believe that we have a God who is both transcendent and imminent and this feast day in its celebration of the transcendent nature of God is deliberately positioned as the counterpoint to Advent's anticipation of the incarnation of that transcendent God we are supposed to be struck by the paradox of the movement and focus from Christ the king of the universe to Christ the baby in a stable that juxtaposition is highlighted in the movement from the feast of today Christ the King into Advent and the birth of Jesus those two polar seeming polar opposites are the central contradiction that sits at the heart of the Christian understanding of the nature of God a God that is once a transcendent all powerful creator and a God vulnerable weak born in a stable lying in a manger dependent on his mother and father that movement between those two contrary images Is the journey of Advent. Advent proclaims again and again God is coming. God is coming. God who is really vast and God like. Like today when we think about Christ, the universal King. God is coming. God is coming. And at the end of our Advent journey, God comes. With all the trappings of Christ, the king of the universe, a host of angels fills the skies and proclaims his arrival and there God is arrived, lying in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. And the first people to come and pay homage to him are the shepherds who come in from the fields. That outrageous paradox of an almighty creator God choosing to lie in a manger is at the centre of Christian understanding of who God is and what God is like. You know when we are confronted with issues that are so large that the solutions lie beyond our ability to perceive like a global climate crisis. We find hope as Christians that somehow, in some way, a transcendent God, a God who said, let there be light, and there was light, that that God can find a way through loving care and encouragement of those who seek guidance, that transcendent God can find a way through that kind of problem. But surely, that kind of God, a transcendent God, one who is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end of all things, surely that God, kind of big, important, only offers guidance and encouragement and hopefulness to the elite, a few saints and a few sages. Thickers. No. No, no, no. No, that is not what Christianity teaches. Our God is both imminent and transcendent. Our God is both Christ, the universal king and Christ, the baby in the manger. You know, I think as we go through life and as we interact with our God, we jump back and forth between Christ the King and Christ the baby. We take comfort in the transcendent power and authority of our Creator when our problems, when our pain seems beyond our earthbound capacities to deal with. But we take great comfort in knowing that our God is also available with immediacy because you can go talk to a baby in a manger. That's what's so fantastic about our Christian conception of God. With that outrageous paradox of a God who is once Christ the universal king and Christ the baby in the manger, in that span, there is always room for all of us at any time and in any circumstance to find a place to draw near to God. You know, the life of the church, the life of a community of faith is founded on the disciplines and the opportunities that we offer and share with each other to draw near to God. A couple of months ago in a sermon I shared Um, Some of Thomas Cremner's sermon, who was one of the fathers of Anglican tradition, his sermon from 1571, which was the teaching on prayer. And it began with this. Dear Christians, among the many exercises of God's people, none are more necessary than prayer and the use of the sacraments. In prayer we ask from God all such things as we cannot otherwise obtain. And in the sacraments, God embraces us and offers Himself to be embraced by us. And it's interesting if you read through that as from 450 years ago. What is being highlighted is where Saint Paul writes in one Timothy that we should pray in every place. What's highlighted is where Paul writes to the Thessalonians that we should pray without ceasing. Or what in James writes that con- the continual prayer of the just is of much force and is very effective. You know, I think that too often we forget the reality of our God who is at once Christ the universal king and Christ the baby in the manger and we treat prayer Like we are making a petition to a very, very important, very, very busy king. Who is way too important and way too busy with big important things to be bothered with our little issues. But that's not what Christianity teaches. We have a God who is both imminent and transcendent. Christ the universal king and Christ the baby in the manger. Think of all the gospel readings we have had in our long green trinity season. They're all all about Jesus. It's the nature of the gospels. And in the gospels we see a Jesus who walked and talked. We see a Jesus who got tired. A Jesus who felt frustrated. A Jesus who felt sadness. A Jesus who felt righteous anger. A Jesus who felt love and compassion. And again and again and again we see a Jesus who went out of his way to visit with and heal the most unlikely people. Maybe even more unlikely than us. Think of the two disciples walking on the road to Emmaus following the crucifixion, walking and talking with Jesus, sharing all they had seen, their wonder, their despair, their fear, their questions. They're trying to make sense of what's happening in their lives. And they walk on in an unknowing dialogue with God. And as they walk, they share and they learn. And finally, in the sacramental action of sharing bread at the end of a day, they gain new understanding. Things are pretty um, challenging here at St. Peter's at the moment. There are a lot of good people working very hard to find a way through some of the problems that are presented to us. And sometimes it feels like it's all in vain. And in those times, it can be very hard to get up and try another way. To explore another path. To hope for another solution. These last months, I have needed my walk and talk time with Jesus. I've needed to know that my frustrations and fears are heard by God. And I've needed to hold to the truth that my universal king is not constrained by the same earthly limitations that confront me. Does it help? Yes, it does. Because Christ, the universal king, can see a way through. And Christ, the baby in the manger, understands my despair, understands my fear, understands my questions. And as we walk and talk, prayer helps me make sense of what is going on. 450 years ago, one of our church's founding fathers wrote, in prayer we ask from God all such things as we cannot otherwise obtain. And in the sacraments God embraces us and offers himself to be embraced. You need both of those. In the 16th century as it is right now, whether silent or allowed, whether in secret or in common, whether it's petitions or thanksgivings or confession, whether it is considered reflection or whether it is a spontaneous stream of consciousness, when we walk, when we talk, when we listen, prayer is the very breath of our being with our God. Funnily enough, a number of people in these last few months have shared with me this advice. They've said, Stephen, breathe. 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 Pray. Pray. Amin.